This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns here on Odyssey. As always, I am Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I'm joined by the man whose name is attached to this podcast. None other than Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And we are coming to you guys fresh off a night of pomp and circumstance, hype and drama. Baldy, they announced the schedule. I'm old enough to remember as a beat writer where you'd you'd be waiting for a fax or they'd give you a a handout in the media room at like three o'clock on some random afternoon. And it's like, Oh, here's the schedule. Yeah. I'm sure you're, you, you remember days as a player where you, you probably found out just like on the radio or whatever, but, but now it is an event on the calendar. It is a thing. And we, you know, are going to spend the next 30, 40 minutes digesting what struck us. But I, I can't launch into this without at least first, putting some context into for our younger listeners. Uh, this ain't how it used to be. This is a last, yeah. you know, five to 10 year development. No, no it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all made for television events and let's face it. Um, the bigger the event, the more, the, the more leaks there are. There yeah. were so many leaks over the last couple of days about, you know, schedules. I mean, the Washington football team's schedule was, you know, put out there on, yeah, some public forum before, way before eight o'clock last night when it was announced on the NFL network. But yes, I mean, I read about the draft in 1982 uh, in the Durham morning sun, uh, Herald the next morning. Like I didn't know what happened in 12 rounds of the draft. So this is, you know, for our younger viewers that want to kind of, you know, what the old days were like, this, this is a pretty new and novel thing. And let's face it. Uh, it's the latest the schedule's ever been released. It's a 17-game it's schedule, 18 weeks. Uh, it's new. Some teams got eight home games. Some have nine. Uh, so it's not even fair anymore. Yeah. Completely fair. But, uh, you know, so – but that's what fans are doing right now. They're all looking at their schedule. And, and, and one thing that hasn't changed, though, Jason, is, you know, even when I got to schedule however I got it back in the day, we were still circling games on the calendar. Sure. As a player, we were still circling games. Oh, when I was with the Eagles, when are we playing the Cowboys? Right. You know, well, is it a national game? Is it Monday night? I mean, we were we were doing that back when I played. So uh, that part hasn't changed, and I think that's what most of the fans are doing today on this Wednesday, on this Thursday, the day after the schedule release, uh, and will probably all weekend long. 
Yeah, and there's people planning road trips and and all that great stuff because it sounds like across the board yes. we're heading towards, if not totally full stadiums, then then pretty full. Certainly much more capacity than uh, last fall, which we're all ecstatic about. And we will get to some of the key matchups, some schedules that caught our eyes, uh, rough stretches, easy quote unquote stretches, um, some quirks. But before we get into that, I feel like we also must issue a caveat here, Baldy. If you just play the game as you will see it depicted on many graphics on TV or this is the toughest schedule, this is the hardest schedule, they're using last year's win percentage for all these teams to yes. compile that number. Baldy, if that if it was that easy, you and I would have our own, ca- ca- you know, we would put the casinos under. You would bet every game now because, oh, well, we know, like, just look at the win percentage and you're going to be right most of the time from last year. Like it doesn't work that way. There's going to be players who emerge subplots that emerge guys who were traded Aaron Rodgers, For instance, there's, there's going to be injuries. Unfortunately, droves of injuries. This is a a, a dangerous game to be playing in May. Although I understand why people play it. No, I I understand too. And it's fun to look at. I mean, yes, uh, we now have 14 playoff teams. Jason, so, I mean, on average, there's been, I mean, if you projected over the 12 playoff team prior to this year, I mean, on average, there were five new playoff teams, sometimes six or seven, every single year. Yep. And so, I mean, if there was 14 playoff teams a year ago, Jason, my early guess right now is that there'll be seven new teams this year, seven new playoff teams. Sure. And so if you just did, if you just went off of that, Yes, you can look at this, uh, the strength of the schedule based off last year's record. And, uh, you know, we saw an inordinate amount of star players get hurt early last year. Saquon and Boza were hurt in the yeah. same game. Yeah. You know, uh, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Von Miller. I mean, we went through a list of some of the biggest stars in the game. And this is a star driven league that were hurt early last year. And their teams really suffered as a result. So, you know, you always have to factor that part in to anybody's schedule. Well, let's start in week one with the return of Dak Prescott. Um, The Cowboys are not in the business of winning football games or particularly meaningful football games all that often, Baldy, but they are in the business of making money. That brand, that iconic star, it still sells. It still matters. It still attracts eyeballs. So it really shouldn't surprise us that, uh, Tampa Bay or, or Champa Bay, I guess, as they're calling it now, uh, that, that we see Tom Brady um, playing his first game as a Super Bowl champion with the Bucks against Dak and the Cowboys. Hey, I have some reservations about Dallas's offensive line. No better, no better opportunity to find out if I'm right than by sending them up against this front seven coming in off of five months rest. Uh, yes, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I, I played for the Cowboys for six years and, you know, I was introduced to America's team and, you know, there was a lot of hype and, and all of that. It was a tech Shram type thing. And it was, it was good. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the Cowboys have not been in the playoffs, you know, in two years. Um, and they're the, you know, they, they get Tampa right out of the bat, right, you know, right off the bat. And you would look at, you know, their schedule and you go, okay, there could have been the Buffalo Bills. There could have been the New Orleans Saints. They had three games them a year ago. You could have put, you know, the New England Patriots. I mean, there's a lot of teams 
that you could have put up against them. You know, Matt Stafford and the Rams, but they're going with Dallas to kick off this. And it's just the strength of what Dallas brings, which is a tremendous, tremendous interest. I mean, the fan base is the fan base worldwide, but it also you love them or you hate them. It's always been like that. But yes, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins, are they back in the lineup, back healthy this year? I just did a film session with Shaq Barrett uh, last Friday, and uh, Shaq Barrett tells me and Kurt Warner in the film session that he's working on a new move this year Uh-oh. that he promises is going to be his best move ever. So <laughs> he, he probably can't wait now. He, we didn't know what the schedule was going to be last Friday when we were doing the show, Jason, but I'm I'm sure that that thing is going to be finely tuned for the Cowboys on that Thursday night. Yeah, that that is um, that's obviously going to be quite a sight and and quite a game. Um, one other game in Week One that caught my attention, and I, I don't want to be guilty of um, getting on a hype train or anything like that or being a hot taker, but that Browns uh, Chiefs. Yeah game yeah. look I, I i'm buying what the browns have done this offseason baldy and mm-hmm. we've talked about this a little bit in the past i think the chiefs are still on a perch um above everybody else in the afc uh but this will be interesting for me to see okay like it's early but if the browns and i know they're six and a half point underdogs right now off the bat <laughs> but okay. baldy imagine for the city of cleveland right and there's mm-hmm. fans finally back and Last year, the Brownies were better than they've ever been, but it was only a few thousand people there. Like, can you imagine Monday morning drive time radio in Cleveland going into week two if they won this thing? Well, I mean, you know, the matchup, you know, that's going to be interesting. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes coming off foot surgery and and all that. You know, they've got Zeus now at left tackle going up against Miles Garrett. Um, you know, now Zeus is never shied away. I mean, Zeus for it. He's used for a reason. He not shying away from any matchups, but he's going to get the league's best in Miles Garrett coming after Patrick Mahomes um, in front of you know a, a pretty good, I, I imagine a sold out, yeah, uh, you know Arrowhead Stadium where you're never going to hear the snap count once the whole day. So uh, it, you know it, it's going to be a great matchup in so many different ways. Can the rebuilt offensive line getting the doctor back at right? you know, right guard, getting, you know, Dooney back, you know, in at left guard and getting Zeus at left tackle. Is it going to be the wall, the Maginot line, that's going to be able to hold this defensive front of Cleveland by Miles Garrett? I mean, I, you know, I imagine that that matchup alone might be my first breakdown on Monday morning. Sure. After that one. Sure, because I love what the Chiefs have done, but it's a lot of new pieces. And how much are they really going to expose those guys in the preseason? Andy Reid, right, has been at the forefront of the show the least you possibly can in the preseason play the fewest regulars you you have to play. We're talking about, you know, Kyle Long. We're talking about Tooney. We're talking about Orlando Brown. You know, I'm guessing the center they drafted might have a chance to be a day one starter. Um, that's a lot of new parts with not a whole lot of in-person reps to get ready for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, look, and you know they're coming off a, a playoff game where the Browns battled really, really tough in that game. Um, you know, on the verse, the reverse side, the Browns are bringing back their starting offense line, which was the best in football a year ago, and so in two backs that are tough, hard to tackle, and I'm sure Baker is going to be 
Uh, excited to see OBJ in the lineup. So, I mean, there's just I, – I, I agree. Like, that's a great week one matchup right there. And, uh, you know, the fact that Cleveland has a chance here uh, to really do what they wanted to do two years ago, uh, you know, when all the hype really began, when Odell Beckham was going there and, you know, their opener against Tennessee, they laid the biggest egg of the season. And we, we found out that Freddie just wasn't ready for prime time yeah. the head coach. So, but they have, look, uh, it, it is a team that is well-built and well-coached. And so year two, uh, let's see if what kind of jump they can make and they get a great test right away. Well, Baldy, we mentioned the Browns. Let's stay in the AFC North for a minute yeah. because, and again, I'm issuing a caveat here. I don't believe that this is necessarily fact, but a lot of people will tell you based on strength of schedule, uh, based on last year's winning percentages that the Pittsburgh Steelers have the toughest schedule in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, Ravens. yes. And, and, and which is not a shocker because they play almost the same schedule, very similar yeah. schedule. Um, I look at this run for the Steelers from about Thanksgiving on. And remember they ran out of gas after week 11 last year. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, there's still a little long in the tooth for me, a quarterback uh, along the defensive front, et cetera. This is how they finish at the Chargers in prime time at the Bengals, who maybe Joey Burrow is kind of really rocking and rolling by then host the Ravens at the Vikings in prime time host. the Titans. Yes. So short week, short week, then host the Titans, then at Arrowhead, then host the Browns, then at the Ravens. If, if they do manage to keep Mike Tomlin's streak of, of, uh, winning seasons uh, intact, in, in then it's going. It ain't going to be easy running that gauntlet. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, we got first of all, we we got to see that they're they're doing so much, so much right now. I'm trying to rebuild an offensive line, trying to keep Ben upright for 17 weeks, trying to get a running game going with the first round running back and Najee Harris. I mean, they're trying to get some balance in their offense. And, you know, defensively, we saw a defense that couldn't do anything to stop the Cleveland Browns in the playoff game. And so, uh, you know, you got to be more than T.J. Watt and yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick and, you know, Cam Hayward. Like, they, you got to be more than that. And so how much more can they are they going to be? Um, there was a time when they were taking the ball away in record numbers. Right. In the NFL, and that, that fell off last year. And so, yes, there it looks like a team on the decline, but – are they on the decline? Because um, we have seen Mike Tomlin pull some real rabbits out of his hat. But it, it starts with Ben. And is he? Yeah. does he have a really good year in him? Or is it just how quickly can I get rid of this football yep. and not take a hit anymore? Yeah, I know it's early, but uh, our producer Dylan Burns points out Steelers over under eight and a half wins. My initial reaction to that is, Baldy, I am fading Ben Roethlisberger and – I think the Steelers with this schedule struggle, struggle to win more than eight games, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a tough start at Buffalo and a couple weeks later they go to green Bay. So uh, they're going to get challenged, not just in the back end. They're challenged, you know, throughout this whole schedule. Well, and we started with the Cowboys. Let's go back to the NFC East ball. Yeah. That's the division that I think uh, 
Well, paper is probably fairly up for grabs. I lean towards the Washington football team. If they can get 13 starts or more out of Fitzpatrick, I think with that defense uh, and the improvements that they made in personnel offensively, offensive line and skill position players, that they're still the team to beat. But I know you were doing some some looking at the Eagles schedule there and found some some stuff that caught your eye, did it not? Well, I mean, look, we go back to strength of schedule. The Eagles are – I would say, I'm not saying rebuild, but they're definitely trying to rebound. I mean, from a four-win season. They never want to be in that situation again. They're doing it with a, a very young, very inexperienced quarterback and Jalen Hurts. We'll see if he holds off Joe Flacco quarterback. I, I've got I have a feeling that Joe might be uh ready. Um he's healthy and playing golf every day with Jaws and back at home. And you know, I think the offensive line has a chance to be outstanding. And so, whatever, you know, they got the easiest strength of schedule. You know, they, I mean, their winning percentage against their schedule is, you know, 43%. So, you look at the Eagles, and it's not like the toughest opener at Atlanta. Um, and, you know, just look, can, you know, Andy Reid is coming back to Philadelphia week four. I'm not sure what kind of reception he's going to get yet. Um, <laughs> they like Big Red here. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that bringing – I'm sure that – uh, Eagle fans will have a nice warm reception for Patrick Mahomes as he takes Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, this should be fun. But, yes, I think the Eagles have a chance. I think they they had a strong draft. Um, and we'll see. Like, I think the offense line is going to be a real strength. And when the Eagles have won uh, as recently as three years ago, the Super Bowl, they were as strong as any team in the league in the trenches. And I think they've done a lot to address that. So, um, you know, I think the Eagles are – going to be in the mix and I'm sure the Giants feel the same way I like Joe Judge a lot um we'll, we'll see like you know Saquon back is because I I don't think they address the offensive line and I just think it's going to be yeah a real issue um when you lose your best lineman to the Baltimore Ravens and Kevin Zeitler and there's big questions at left tackle and I you know I I just find it hard to believe that they could go out and get all these receivers and spend in free agency and not address the offensive line when they lost their best player. Yeah. And, and look for, for the Eagles, the good news is the chiefs and the bucks, obviously the two toughest games. And, and, and perhaps yes. uh, they get those at home. And then um, after they face uh, the saints in week 11, which is home. So that's home. Then they're at the giants, which is, you know, Baldy is a quick bus trip. And then they're at the jets, which is a quick, Bus trip. Well, but, but you know what you're saying here is if when you start uh, on November 21st with the New Orleans Saints, they don't leave uh, a bus until they uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, you know they go eight weeks without getting on an airplane, and they've got the the, the latest buy in the season, yes. which is an interesting subject all to itself. Is if you can believe it. December 12th is the latest buy. And the Eagles get that. Yep. December 12th. Now, when they get that buy, they finish with four conference games. Two against Washington, the Giants, and the Cowboys. And three of them and, at home, Baldy. And they get yes, they get three of them at home. So, you know, if they're hanging around 500, somewhere around there, when they can get to, because they do, you know, they 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 get the Giants and Jets on bus trips up you know, the New Jersey turnpike back-to-back weeks and they get a bye. 
Um, you know, if they're hanging around 500 at that point, uh, who knows what can happen when you get your know, last four, basically, um, you know, all, all within a 90 minute drive, basically. Another team um, whose schedule caught my eye is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh-huh. And there is a stretch where they, they, I think they'll be tested a little bit, but I think if you look at the totality of, of that thing, um, it looks pretty cushy to me on the back end. And I also like the way it opens for them. They get Pittsburgh and uh, I'm sorry. They, they, I'm sorry. The way it, it, it opens for them. They get Pittsburgh at home. Um, you know, they're at Miami, which that time of year can be tough. I mean, it, it's probably going to be pretty hot and humid September 19th. But then yeah. they get the Washington football team in their place. They get a really bad Texans team at home. You know, they do have to go to Arrowhead. Uh, I get it, but they'll be pumped up for that, a Sunday night That's game. That's a Sunday night game. That's a huge NBC. game. Yeah. yeah. And then they play again the week, the following week in prime time, but it's not a short week for them. It's not until a Monday night, so they can they can have a fairly, um, you know, a, a fairly normal work week. They go yeah. to Tennessee, a team that I don't think is going to be nearly as good as it's been the last few years. You know, and then they get that bye, and then it's, Dolphins, Jags, Jets. I mean, they're getting the Trevor Lawrence sweepstake. Now we're halfway through the year. You're ready to get the Colts at home. It does pick up down the stretch, but that's a team that I think the way this sets up, you know, Baldy, I, I don't know that we're talking a whole lot about barring major injury. Who's catching the bills in that division by the time we get to Thanksgiving? I, I think we're going to know who the class of that division is. Well, they certainly look like it. Um, throughout the entire season last year. And so it really is, is Josh Allen, what we saw last year with the 37 touchdown passes and just the level of consistency that he played with. Is that who he is? Because if he is, then I think Buffalo is going to be tough to beat. I don't see why he would go backwards. No. I just don't see why he would suddenly become a turnover machine or make bad decisions. I mean, he – he under under duress guys coming in his face like he's a big time player and a big time athlete and he obviously just connects really well with everybody in that locker room which is a huge part of playing quarterback in this league the guys love him and they trust him and so they've got their leader and i i i think he's here to stay and if he is then i think the bills are going to be tough to beat and I mean, we we talked about it last year, early in the season, how quickly he and Stefan Diggs from week one, bam, yeah. hand in glove, and Baldy, that was without any kind of normal off season. That I was know. with a wham, bam, thank you, man, ma'am, training camp with limited practices and no preseason games. Uh, yeah, if anything, I, I I think that that's in a, you know, that that's an ascending quarterback and and an ascending team, and and I do believe it. it we're going to talk a lot about the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs this coming season, and. And maybe um, you know them being the cream of the AFC crop. Uh, Primetime games are always a big deal uh, in this league. The Ravens have five, which I think you know Lamar Jackson and all that. Like I, I, I you know their their game against Cleveland last year. They've they've tended to play some pretty interesting games in primetime. So I get that. And the Rams, Baldy, the Rams, the Matt Stafford Rams. Yep. Get five as well. Some of that has to do with the business of football. Stan Kroenke builds a $5 billion stadium, and he's finally able to have fans in it. They're going to showcase that. 
But the three of the games are on the road, and and three are against division opponents, which I think speaks to how the football world is looking at the NFC West as potentially a power division. Well, I mean, if you if you look at the Sunday night football schedule, and let's face it, it's the marquee matchup. Freddie Goodelli, the producer of Sunday night football, um, you know, it's the one game that they put on a week, and it's it's the it's the premier matchup. Uh, it's a premier game every week. And if you look at the San Francisco 49ers uh, with some you know, some consternation about exactly what's going to happen at the quarterback position, right. they get three Sunday night football games. Now, I was surprised by that, Jason. I really was. Yeah. I, you know, is that is that their belief that the defense with Nick Boza is going to be, you know, back on track where they're going to be a top five defense? Uh, minus Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, is that their love of Kyle Shanahan and the offense? I'm not sure, but, but you know, there's there's three teams that are getting three Sunday night games, and two of them you totally understand. The Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, you can't get yeah. enough Mahomes, and it's the Green Bay Packers with, hopefully, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we, that's a lot to play out yet. I saw your article this week, Jason. Uh, you have your doubts. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's, it's Green Bay, which is kind of America's team number two. And maybe, you know, America's team number one might be the Kansas City Chiefs. So to see San Francisco on par with those two teams to get three Sunday night matchups, and who knows what happens and who the, how they flex right. in week 18. At oh, this yeah. Point. Could be more. It could be more. Yeah. I, I, that division to me is 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 going to be pretty, pretty fascinating. Um and and yeah, the 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 49ers show up again on a Monday night game, November 15th, uh hosting the Rams. Uh, the Rams, Rams three weeks later are back at it, or three games later, four weeks later, because their bye comes in there. Another Monday night game at the Cardinals. Um and then the Rams finish with the 49ers Baldy week 18. And to your point, if that's as significant of a game as we think it is, it's probably yep. flexed to Sunday night. And you're talking about even more primetime NFC West uh, goodness. Yeah, there, there is a, a decree out there, Jason. I know you know this, but just for the fans listening, in this with the schedule makers to begin, before the flexing begins, uh, the maximum amount of primetime games you can have, counting Thursday night, is five. So, you know, certain we I think we've mentioned the teams that max that out. Yeah. But that could certainly change when you get to later in the season when the, the flexing really starts to take place where teams could get a six game or or, or possibly more. Um, you mentioned the Packers, Baldy. Um obviously the Aaron Rodgers situation is still festering as we record this. Um do you have a, a gut feeling and instinct as a former player, as someone who knows some of these parties involved in this, um, as an observer of the league, as to how this, this, what the end game is here one way or the other? Well, I think, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is serious about his threat, then the threat only becomes serious if you're seriously willing to sit out the season. Now, players that are close you know, I mean, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers kind of releases most of his information through proxy, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, teammates, James Jones, certain guys, yep. uh, John Kuhn. I mean, guys that he's close to that are either, 
you know, in the media now. It seems like most of his um, statements are released through those type of players, which is, you know, not unusual. But, you know, eventually, you know, they got to sit down in a room, Mark Murphy and, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur, you know, they gotta, you know, Brian Gutekis, like they got to sit in a room and iron this out. But the threat is only real if you're willing to sit out. And I, you know, I find that hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP year could sit out. Like, I can't imagine anything more fun than playing quarterback in the National Football League, especially if you're coming off an MVP season. Um, and your team is a good team. They're going to be heavily favored to win the AFC, uh, the NFC North again. Uh, and you, when you do that, you're getting a home playoff game at a packed Lambeau field. Like, I, I don't know that your, your, your stance could be that entrenched that you're willing to do that. Cause I don't know that you can get these trades made right now, Jason. Yeah. Well, it's certainly going to be difficult until we get to the other side of June and, and when the cap ramifications okay. wouldn't be so severe. Um, yeah, this look, this is going to be a game of chicken, a stare down that dominates the headlines until we reach a point where either he's back with a new contract or he's traded, or it's clear that he is skipping out on mandatory team activities in a big way, and and maybe that forces um, a trade a trade outcome. Um, but if you, if, but if we did just project here, Jason, you yep. know, I mean, that's all you could do at this point. But if you did project Denver, oh, you've got a seismic shift, yeah, coordinator head coach in Vic Fangio. Oh yeah, and we have yet to see. Uh, now we got to see what the compensation would be if there was a, a deal with Denver. I can't imagine. Like the deal is going to involve Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb or yeah. star player. Yeah, but if 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 you could avoid losing Chubb, where he lines up with Von Miller, and you get Sertan, and you get Justin Simmons, you get the defense. Yeah, being a top seven defense, and you look at what Munchak is doing on the offensive line. Uh huh. And with these young receivers, I could see Aaron Rodgers saying, "I'm going to do exactly what Tom Brady did last year." And like, what Peyton Manning did five I, years before that, and Jerry Judy is is going to be a, is going to be my Devonte Adams, and I'm going to teach him like these tricks of the trade, and I've got two tight ends that can play, and you know like Munchak's going to take care of me up front the way you know Stenovich did in Green Bay. I can see him going. I'll show you because that's really who he is. Yes. I'm going to show you. You know, I'll, you plug in your own word here, Jason. Yeah. Plug your own word, your own adjective. But like, I'm going to show you in Green Bay what I can do. Yeah. You know, just the way right. Frank did to the New England Patriots. Yes. You think it's your coaching? You think it's your schemes? You think it's your personnel guys and evaluators? You think it's your culture? You think it's your roster? Okay. Keep everything else the same and see what it's like with your quarterback, Jordan Love, and me somewhere else. Oh, Baldy. That well, is. Very much at the core of this. Yes. And so I, I, I did a thing the other day, Jason, where, you know, like these coaches have these schemes, right? So Matt LaFleur has his scheme. But, you know, when when Aaron Rodgers sees fit to completely go outside the scheme, he goes, right. you do this on fourth down against Chicago in week 15, and when it's nine degrees outside on fourth down, this is what we're doing. Like nobody's, you know, you're doing it. You know, if if I mean, if you, Tyron Matthew is in a scheme that Steve Spagnola says, okay, you're going to be a midfield safety 
Except Tyra Matthew says, you know what, I, I kind of feel like this is what's happening here. And he goes and makes a play. Right. Sometimes the players are bigger than the scheme. And that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That's the battle that Tom Brady had most of the year in Tampa until they sort of – and when he got Antonio Brown, it was really what it, what Tom Brady wanted to do. And so that's just who these guys are. Like, you can have all the schemes and plays and draft, but, like, they're going to take the game over when they're ready to take it over. Yeah, I, I just um... – think we've reached a point in time in, in professional sports and it, it probably started maybe at the with the NBA or some other sports first but it's here now in the NFL where you're a player of this magnitude you have built up this much collateral you are this impactful you're you're you, you just might be able to chart your own course and make things happen that uh, would seem unconventional or, or not the norm. And Baldy, I have a feeling this won't be the last time you and I discuss number 12 and the Green Bay Packers this spring and summer. Um, and heck, maybe we even dissect the schedule a little bit further yeah. down the road. It but change. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we'll, we shall see. But yes, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be um, providing a lot of fodder for us here in the, in the, uh, in the, well, what I, I guess mean, normally would be the downtime of the schedule. Yes. And look, uh, the NFL would feed off of that. I mean, this is a star driven league, like all sports. Yes. Are. And he's one of the top three biggest stars in the game. And so, you know, Devonte Adams is now out there with a microphone in front of him going, what do you think? And he's giving you some nebulous answers like, I got one year left of my deal. <laughs> like, I, I, I know who feeds me and helped me get 117 catches last year, um, you know, in 18 touchdowns. Uh, Devontae knows uh, that that ain't happening with anybody else in that roster but Aaron Rodgers. So, like, it, there's, it, it is uh, – we, we've got two months, two straight months of Aaron Rodgers talk because I, I think this might be, a, you know – if anything happens, I think it's going to happen much later up against the clock than it is earlier. Yeah, I uh, I am absolutely with you there, Baldy. Well, this has been a blast. As always, you have been listening to Baldy's breakdowns here on Odyssey or wherever you get your fine podcast content. Um, if you're getting us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review you can find me out on twitter at jason lock and forward just like it sounds it's not that hard i promise and baldy more importantly at baldy nfl and uh i look forward to chatting with you again next week and uh as the world turns baldy as the world turns yeah if there's no um it's football doesn't take any days off so we'll be here to bring you the, the breaking stories and the insight to what we have gleaned during the following week.